0: Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 76 and the second edition of the R2Cast group podcast, which is such a rubbish name because I cannot come up with anything exciting or fun. The first one being with Countryside Learning Scotland. And the group we have today is kind of similar, slightly different, but kind of similar, involved in getting that sort of rural education into schools and vice versa. Um, we'll, We'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, on Friday, last Friday there, we had Rachel Stratton, the global farm her, who is currently based in Norway. We've been seeing uh, temperatures of negative 28 in the last month. We thought we were struggling, but they have major cold o- or up there, I should say, which has been to 20 countries and agriculture really sort of toured the world and, and tried everything. So it was an interesting story there. On Friday, we will meet Ben Cross or alstro Ben, uh, which I have learned the name of that flower because mum has helped me uh, and you will see me know absolutely nothing about flowers, not know what's happening and learn a lot from Ben as, as we go through that conversation. But today we have a group very close to my heart, um, one I've been involved in for the past couple of years and unfortunately I had to step down from my involvement in the last month or two, which I really didn't want to do, but just because of relocation and that is Rhett, Ayrshire and Aaron. Today we've got Uh, Willie, Christine, Elaine and Alec, four people who are involved in different sides of Red Ayrshire and Aaron and very well qualified in telling us what's involved. Um, It is also quite exciting. Two of those names you might recognise because R2Cast 13, we had Alec Perry and R2Cast 16, we had Christine Cuthbertson. So both are first times and that is the first time (laughs) uh, people in R2Cast twice. So we are really rubbing shoulders with the stars today. But enough of the rubbish that I'm talking, I'm going to pass you on to and I'm going to choose one person out and it's going to be Elaine. Elaine, could you start off by telling us what Rhett, Ayrshire and Aaron and what Rhett, for that matter is? Just before we get started with another episode of the R2 cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural. Aplan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene in the ag space with 120,000 followers on instagram they use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories they also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry on top of this they like to support initiatives that are championing the british agricultural industry such as myself so thank you to a plan rural for that right Uh,
1: it's well, RET stands for the Royal Highland Education Trust, and it doesn't strike you straight away as being an agricultural education channel, but uh, it was set up 21, almost 22 years ago. And uh, it's basically, it's to teach children where their food comes from. Um, but it's grown arms and legs. There's a lot of other projects have come out of that, like growing potatoes, and uh, different things, but it's the Royal Highland Show, which most people probably have heard of. They are actually the parent, or they're the parents of RET, and they, they fund uh, the, the RET uh, side of it, the project coordinators, of which there are 13 all over Scotland, and their main Uh, job is to liaise with schools and farmers to get children out onto farms and farmers into schools to build up that link between the rural community and schools because there's a lot of ignorance out there you know where food comes from and uh, it's it's a wonderful organisation it really is and they do a lot of good good work.
0: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And and you say there's a lot of a lot of ignorance, and it is it's true. And there's also a lot of just I didn't realise I needed to know that. Uh, we were speaking to that guy, farmer Luke, a few weeks ago, and he was like, "When when you consider that food comes from a farm, that's what we do. The masses for a while considered it came from a shop." And he made a really good point. And I'd never considered this. That now a lot of kids will just think food arrives at the door because it's delivered there. They don't even know the shop side of it, which is crazy actually <laughs> food is just in the kitchen um and it and it, and it arrives there and it, it never really comes from anywhere which is quite a scary prospect um with that you you couldn't have summed up ret better Elaine, and i didn't think there would be many people that would be able to sum it up better uh, but before we get into sort of what happens with ret how how it runs all that sort of thing i want to introduce you to the four people we have on the call today um i probably should have done this before you uh told us Elaine but Elaine could you tell us about yourself tell us about your non-ret life <coughs> my non-ret life <laughs> which is pretty which is, is takes a lot out I'm sure but there's still still a lot in there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah um, I'm married to Jim and we stay on a beef and arable farm in Ayrshire well in New Mills in Ayrshire uh, we also rear chickens from day old to point of lay Um, we've actually got about 35,000 baby chickens coming in today so that's uh, quite nice to get just before Christmas. <laughs> uh, so yeah that I have we have two children well they're adults now uh, although I was a child bride as you understand. Um, Jennifer is uh, 40 next year and she's just recently got married to Adrian. Uh, Jennifer was a teacher but had to retire through ill health because Jennifer was diagnosed with MS. Uh, I have a son. He's down in Yorkshire with his wife Carrie. And they have three children, Clark, Cooper and Claudia. And they're just an absolute joy. Uh, Craig works. He's an area manager for Crone. Uh, oh, yeah. What do I, I don't know what do I do outside. Right. I, I do a lot at the Crossroads Community Hub. Uh, I help a lot out there, and uh, yeah, you do. That's, you do a
0: lot with young farmers as well. Do quite a bit I do.
1: Them. Yes. Yeah. I just uh, my, Jennifer and I produced their concert this year, so that was that was good fun. I've been working with Crossroads Young Farmers off and on for about forty years, so
0: yeah. I, I actually thought you still were a young farmer, Elaine. Sorry, I I misunderstood.
1: (laughs) my favourite, Wallace.
0: (laughs) It was a a lovely little trip through the family tree there. and Jennifer deserves a mention because um, she's also involved in Rhett and she is just amazing with the kids. Absolutely amazing. Just brilliant at it. Um, It's just made for her. We'll move on to Christine. Christine, obviously there is a story out there. There is a full hour where we had a chat together telling your full story, but you think you could sum it up in a minute or two about yourself?
2: Yes, um, well, if people can watch that podcast, things have changed a wee bit. Um, I used to work for NFU Scotland for 25 years, but just recently I've moved over to work for the Monitor Farm Programme, which is knowledge exchange um, programme for farmers, particularly in the beef and sheep sector. So I've been privileged to look after the South Ayrshire, Stirling and Isla Monitor Farm, so exciting times ahead for that. But I've been involved with RET since its inception. Um In my role with NFU Scotland, we had a lot of schools approach us wanting to have farm visits. Um, But farmers were cautious about doing it um, because of the health and safety and the logistics side of it. So a number of farmers at the time got together with um, our support and we created Ayrshire and Arden, And it will be our 20th birthday next year, which is really exciting in 2023. And what the charity does is that we fundraise in Ayrshire to cover the expenses of the project coordinator and subsidise travel for the school children out to farm, and which is becoming a bit challenging. But the, the, the main thing for farmers was that we do the, the charity does the risk assessment for them to make sure that the, the teachers and the pupils are coming to a safe and enjoyable experience, which is a big thing. And It's a real passion of mine, along with um, RSABI, another charity that I'm involved with. But what I would say is that, i just endorse everything you have said about your other speaker who was on, that the the gap between the consumers and the producers has widened exponentially um, in the last 20 years, but even more so in the last 10 to five years in the social media culture that we're on. what's real news and what's fake news and where does things come from? And really, as a farming industry, we're probably guilty of it as well because whilst we have all these wonderful visits and we do a lot of great work with Red, we talk about farming and really we're food producers and we need to say that more, that we produce food. Um, quite often children now don't even understand the concept of farming until they come out and see it. And that's what our fundamental role is, is that sharing that passion and that knowledge about food farming and the land.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, one of, one of the other members, a long-standing member of Retiarshanar, and Alistair Love sums this up perfectly. Like the faces you see when these kids see a pig or they see a cow or whatever, it's just brilliant. And then they start to understand what it means, why it's there, where it comes from. And it's, yeah, it's very worthwhile. And it's it's been something that I've, you know, I don't know I've been involved on and off for of right now, probably five years, that it, it's, oh, the most rewarding things in the world it's great fun um willie could you tell us a bit about yourself yes certainly
3: Um i'm a dairy beef and sheep farmer in the golston area i farm along with my wife and my son and my son's partner rachel and my wife margaret's son robert and, and rachel and myself we work away together we have about 180 dairy cows in the farm uh, we fatten about 250 head of cattle per year, over and above that. We lamb about 150 ewes. And we also buy in uh, lambs from the, the Western Isles and the, the West Coast to come down onto our lush pastures in the winter for, for finishing off as well. So we're pretty busy with them through February, March and into April. So that that's the basis. We also grow about 70 acres of barley, sometimes 80 acres of barley, for feeding to our own cows. Um, I've been involved with RET, uh, yes, I guess I've been involved since Ayrshire Narn RET uh, inception. Um, Going back a wee bit further, uh, for seven years I represented uh, young farmers, and by young farmers I mean those under the age of 40 actively farming at the European Parliament. Um, And I always remember that at that time there was a bold initiative come out of Brussels and it was called Awakening of the Senses. And basically, that was about bringing the consumers and the producers together to get a, a greater understanding and make people aware of what was happening in the countryside. Now, when the Ears and Arn was that is exactly what we need. It's about bringing people together from both sides, the, the consumers and the producers. And as Christine has already said, we're not just farmers. That's a very generic term. We are the producers of the food. We are the people who care for the countryside, the people who make sure that any animals on our farm have a good life. And that takes a bit of explaining to people. And RET is the absolutely best vehicle there is for that to happen. And it's two ways. There's no better feeling than when you spend the time explaining to a group of children what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because sometimes you forget yourself. Mm -hmm. And it really brings it home that, you know, we are doing a good job. We should be proud of ourselves. But we also need to explain that to the, the consumers, that we are Producing the food in the best way we can. It's also about giving children opportunities because there are a huge number of opportunities for future careers in the countryside. And it it helps in that way as well. And sometimes just gives people a focus on what they want to do in life later on. So it takes many, many boxes for me and I, I'm delighted to be involved. Unfortunately, I'm busy. I don't have as much time to involve as I'd like, but
0: uh, it's a fantastic organization. How, how did you find yourself, really getting involved? Uh, Parliament-wise, as you said there, how did that come about? How did
3: that come about? I went to a meeting which was for those that weren't actually considered old enough to be involved in F.U. but too old for young farmers. Okay. And at that time, all support from Brussels was meant to be aimed at family farms. And the question of the night was how do you define a family farm? And I seemed to give a fairly succinct answer to that question, and was asked if I would go and explain that in Brussels to the commissioner. Uh, which I did, and things just grew arm and legs from there on. And for six of the seven years, I actually led the UK delegation to
0: Brussels, uh, and that, that was hugely rewarding. It must have been. That's, that's quite something, that is. And what was your uh, definition of a family farm? Basically, it was uh, uh, that's a long time
3: ago now, Wallace, <laughs> remember. But it, 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 it was about those that derived. The vast majority of their income from the from the land which they actually had tenure over, whether that be ownership or tenancy, um, and the 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 majority of the input to the farm was supplied by the
0: family themselves. Yeah, the yeah I think it's it's one of those terms that you could say was sort of ambiguous, but at the same time, it's really not. <laughs> it should be quite easy That's to right. understand that one. I think you you've hit the nail on the head. Um, the last person to introduce, some of you may know, and I think it's fair to say that uh, introducing this man is is quite exciting for me because he is the podcast guru for Scotland. He is the man. He is uh, the person who any podcaster should look to and how to, how to run a podcast. So, Alec, would you like to say hello and tell us about yourself? <laughs>
4: Uh, Thank you, Wallace. Um, You always flatter me uh, with these kind of introductions. Uh, My name's Alec Perry. I'm uh, an agricultural consultant. Uh, I work out of the SAC Consulting Office at Auckland Crew in Ayrshire. I'm currently back in Campbelltown for the Christmas break. Um, We have a a dairy farm here on the the peninsula in Kintyre um, in the southwest. But uh, in my day-to-day job, um, uh, I'm I'm very much a consultant uh, occupied with topics around climate change, conservation and carbon. So big policy drivers for Scottish government right now. Um, And just making sure that our message as an industry is accessible to to the general public. I think that that's hugely important and RET's a a fantastic vehicle to to do that. And uh, I mentioned
0: podcasting. Tell us about why I said that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much. So I'm the host of the Thrill of the Hill podcast for the Farm Advisory Service, which is a a Scottish government um, initiative to uh, to allow for knowledge exchange um, from from technical advisors and specialist consultants to the the agricultural community um, and like i say as part of that um, we have the, the thrill of the hill podcast which is focused on issues that are impacting the farmed upland environment
0: and could you tell us maybe uh, obviously folk are listening to this listen to podcasts could you tell us maybe some guests you've had
4: on in recent weeks and months yeah well um the 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 most recent podcast that we recorded was recorded with Stephen Inglis from RSPB and Patrick Laurie, who is an advocate for working for waders. Um, and we had a bit of a summary of what the uh, what the ground nesting wading bird population in Scotland has done in 2022. And um, talked a little bit about the, the kind of state of play of these national priority species um, and the impact of monitoring um, across Scotland. Um, Laterally, we've also had podcasts on um, the importance of understanding soil carbon, um, a review of COP26 and and what came from that, um, and a whole host of other topics relating to to the farmed upland environment. Very good, and it is a good podcast, Alec, and uh, uh,
0: Alec is an old flatmate of mine. Or a landlord, I should say. Sorry, Alec, we were not equal. Um, <laughs> so uh, I did I did sort of hear about a bit of background to to the podcast as a good one. You should check out, especially if you are listening to rural based podcasts like the R two Cast already. We've sort of graphed what rate is um, Royal Highland Education Trust, uh, and and Elaine put it very well how how well how they sort of get get what needs to be done done. Um, but what what is the sort of day-to-day of RET, you know, we're looking at getting this sort of information to schools, how do we go about that? And I'll, I'll put that out to whoever wants to answer first.
1: Uh, oh well, uh, as a past, I didn't mention earlier, I was a project coordinator for RET Airshan for seven years and I retired from that post. Uh, so the day-to-day uh, work with rate, uh, it changes every day, that's the thing, but it's <laughs> It's to coordinate between <coughs> teachers and farmers. So a uh, school will go onto the right rec- website, which is uh, the national website, and they go into the area that they are involved in, as being and Arn, and they'll look at what's available, whether it be a class talk, or a visit from the countryside classroom in Wheels or a farm visit and they fill in a booking form. It gets emailed through to the project coordinator who then sets about uh, pairing up a farm with the the school and they do a risk assessment and offer a pre-visit for the school if need be for the teacher to have a wee look around. Sometimes that's helpful if there are children there with additional education needs Uh, You know, it's sometimes helpful for the teacher to see, you know, what's going to be happening on the day. So that's the kind of, uh, you know, that's where the project coordinator's main focus is, is to, you know, keep that uh, coordination running smoothly and get it done as quickly as possible.
0: It was always quite exciting when I first got involved to see Elaine's uh, spreadsheets. I mean, it was just like, if you had a timetable for the day, it would be, you're doing this. At nine thirty and ten seconds until nine forty and twenty three seconds, it was strict. This is what you have to do. It was a it was a a well oiled machine, that's for sure. And, and Elaine uh, mentioned project coordinator there. <clears throat> Unfortunately, uh, Rachel and Iron's project coordinator can't with us today. She is full of the flu, but Katie Strawhorn has taken on that mantle and is doing it uh, doing it fantastically. Um. Christine, earlier you mentioned uh, sort of subsidised with travel and stuff like that, and you, you mentioned the sort of challenges with that. What, what challenges do face face uh, uh, a countryside in initiative like Ayrshire and Aaron?
2: Well, probably like a lot of charities, pre and particularly post-pandemic, funding can be problematic. Um, we need to try and make it as easy and accessible for you know, children to get out onto farms because there's 101 different subjects that children could be studying, but basically a farm can teach about every subject um, when when we get them there. But obviously the the, the bus costs have increased exponentially. um, There's less competition in the bus market, drivers, these types of things. So we do have to try and fundraise, which we've been struggling with over the last two years because a lot of our stuff was quite ad hoc. Um, and very social fundraising activities. So we are looking to see as to how it's become more sustainable, that we can have regular supporters on board who would give a financial donation every year, and that would allow us to, to set out what we could fund going forward rather than being as ad hoc, because the whole thing is to try and make the charity sustainable. So whilst as though the project coordinator is funded through the parent charity, we have that fund um, fundraising role locally and also the governance role locally. And that's hugely important because I always see it This as being the farmer's charity. Um, you know, I, I'm a farmer's daughter, I don't farm myself, but th- this is the farmer's charity. This is how they get their message across. We've been very good at um, having a bigger digital presence which is fantastic for getting children geared up, be and post visit and for all ages. So it's from, you know, four to to, to 18. On farm, you know, you know, you can't tell from a video that, you know, a lamb is actually warm or an egg that comes from a hen is actually warm. And one of the recent uh, observations or questions that a child said somebody said to them what what do you get from what's a henley what is a henley and the answer was chicken nuggets oh really so yeah so yeah. you were just talking earlier it's that complete detachment from where the food comes from that <laughs> you know it's the soil which is a living breathing thing it's the animals it's the farmers Um, you know it's it's vitally important that we get people on board to support us both financially and with their time and we cannot thank the farmers enough who are very very busy but farmers like Willie and we've got a lot others who open their doors that they're willing and wanting children to come onto farm and really schools should make that a priority because it's the basis of life is where your food comes from.
0: I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural. A-Plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates, the UK over, and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, these stories like... Uh, do they lay chicken nuggets and stuff like that they're, they're cute you know it's, it's like oh that's quite nice but then when you really look into it you're like wow <laughs> this is something we've got to try and change and and yeah it's i think right or, or right at the core of that um willie could you tell us about those farm trips what's what's involved for a kid if they, if they get to go out to a farm
3: yeah well it, it depends what level of information or knowledge that the kids have Uh, you you need to have a starting point but you know I like to take it right back to the basics you know walk out into a field take the kids into a field and just say what do you see and to begin with they see nothing then you say well there's a hedge there could you listen to the hedge what's in the hedge there's birds in the hedge you're standing in the field there's grass what eats the grass the cows eat the grass they see the cows around them what's under the soil Look down, find an earthworm. That's so important to the the growth of the grass. Just the whole story. And to take the kids from there to the milking parlour to see what actually how the cow has been clever enough with its four stomachs to convert that grass, which grew because the earthworms were below the soil, because the grass had captured the sunlight, to convert that into milk. To see that the whole chain reaction right through there is phenomenal. And then to explain the care and attention that goes in. To looking after the animals and you know a, a revel a, a revelating factor is when you say to the kids and you explain your days work to them and you know i started at five this morning and i milked the cows i fed the cows i fed the calves fed all the rest what did i do after that i had my own breakfast but before i did that i cared for all these animals mm-hmm. it, it it shows that it brings the compassion to the whole thing it shows how we are trying to give a good life to the animals and it also it makes the kids realise that, that there is this is a, a noble profession. It's something they may want to be involved in at a later stage. It also learns them to it teaches them to show respect for the countryside. And it makes them aware that we are guardians of that countryside. And you know, it depends what age of kids you have. I mean, if you're very young kids, if you can just show them nice, cute animals, that's a starting point. Mm-hmm. But you do hope that you're building a lifelong relationship with these people. And that they, they will, they, they will, their knowledge of the countryside will grow, and that you will, you will inspire within them a hunger to learn more about what we're doing. Um, and I find it one of the most rewarding things, uh, just explaining that to the kids and uh, seeing how they respond to it. Um, and you know, at the time we're always busy and we think we have time for this visit, but my goodness, there never was better time spent than when you see those kids going back in the bus knowing that they have learned so much, that they've gained an understanding of what you're doing, um, and then going to the school to meet them and the further questions that they have. It's it's one of the most rewarding things that you can do.
0: It, it's quite, I mean, I, I've never, well, I have actually, I've done one uh, farm visit at, at our farm on Arran. We've also done uh, and Lives, which were always quite fun. Uh, shout out to Kilpatrick Farm, Alison and David Henderson, and Neil and Kate and Kirsty and the full shebang there. Um, open up two lambing sheds, busiest time of the year, and I remember sitting in there, absolutely petrified, just before ten in the morning, before about eighty folk were turning up, and they, then they turn up and they're a bit nervous, a bit shy to come and see what's happening, and then a lamb appears, and then suddenly, woof, everyone's interested, everyone's keen to see what's happening. There's a million questions, and and some of the questions from adults are are just, and I don't like to say the word worrying because. That's not fair, but, um, you know, it's shocking, I guess you could say. You know, like, oh, wow, I did not expect to hear that. Like, uh, where does lamb come from? <laughs> you know, these sort of questions that you hear, like your question there, Christine, that sort of thing. And, and as I say, I don't like the word worrying because if someone asked me about, I don't know, bricklaying, <laughs> I would have no idea. But it's something that we are sitting down to, hopefully, uh, three times a day, uh, food, and, and we really should be able to work out where that's coming from um alec your sort of day-to-day job is is speaking to farmers and speaking to uh speaking to officials and such like quite quite high-end knowledgeable discussions um how do you feel how have you enjoyed sort of that that transition to to explaining it to to kids and, and youngsters instead
4: do you know, I, I always remember my first experience with, uh, with Rhett, we were at uh, at one of the, the smaller, more local shows um, in, in Ayrshire, and, and there is that kind of transition into, okay, you know, what level of information is appropriate for, for this age group of, of kids, and, and you do think, oh, have, have I made this too simple, have I made this too complicated, but I, I think it, it's about Finding the right kids, coming in with the right message, giving them something that they can can relate to um, and and making it making it interesting. I mean, j- just to to your point there, Wallace, and, and kind of tying back into what Willie has said there, I mean, you, you said that it, it was concerning that there's questions from from adults. I, I think that just reflects the kind of generational challenge. That we've got, and and that you know, engagement with the rural community and the farming community has been a been a big issue for for a number of years. This isn't a, a relatively new thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think being able to come in at multiple levels and and know at what point your your message is appropriate is really important. Uh,
0: I assume ground uh, nesting waders was just a bit high. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you you mentioned about going going to the show there, eh, Alec. I think this is one thing that the and Aaron really do stand out eh, amongst the rest at the minute. Um, how we have a trailer? What? How did the sea cow come about? And I've sort of directed this at you, Alec. Maybe it's more more for Christine and Elaine. But um, how did that come about? Where was the idea of that?
4: and, and has it been a success? Well, I I won't say too too much about that. I'll leave it to to Christine and Elaine. But I I do think in in reflection, having the CK was one of the best things that that we did. I mean. People do not instinctively think, "Oh, there's a farm there. Let's go and find out what's what's going on." But if you put on a local show, an event that the community can kind of come together around, people are engaged with that, and they will go just out of curiosity to to see what's on. And so I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to get in front of people who we don't often have the opportunity to to speak to. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you
2: want me to come in and? Uh, yeah, the History of the Sea Cow Wallace is that you 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 you'll learn in time that you should never ask me. Oh, I'd quite like something, <laughs> and because uh, I'll just say, right, we'll go and get that, but not actually know how we're going to go and get it. And uh, Elaine had said, oh, some of the other, I think it was uh, the, the, up in the north, they've got this Sea cow, which is short for Countryside Classroom on Wheels, and essentially it is a a zooped up trailer and um, which can be opened out and we can put livestock in it and take it to sc- the, the main driver for it is to actually take it into schools so we can actually take um the countryside to the classroom which
0: the, the is main office. driver Jimmy bryson is it not Is the main drive yeah, yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the main driver uh, we were quite a duo <laughs> elaine and i <laughs> with this same um, there was lots of a uh, sleepless nights and chats over sea cows and we were away in a wee sea cow world of our own and nobody knew who we were talking about but we managed to get it delivered but um, thankfully through um, Stuart Trailers um, who kindly put the trailer together for us during um, lockdown Mm -hmm. as well and funding through the I managed to get funding it was a a chunk of money it was about twenty five thousand pounds to get this which we would have really struggled to fundraise for so we had funding from uh, a legacy project from the uh, leader program which was scottish mm-hmm. government and european funding so we're immensely grateful to them and we got it to happen and um elaine was the one who put all the sparkle to make it
1: actually hit the road
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> <that's>, right, <laughs> yeah well, could you tell us a bit more about that lady because it is an excellent an excellent resource <clears throat>
1: Oh, it's just been, uh, uh, I'm like Christine, it's definitely uh, been the best resource that we've uh, we've got. And I think given the cost of buses, you know, I think it's going to be even more uh, popular because schools can't afford the buses to go out onto farms. And I know that ideally that is what we want, but to take the sea cow in with maybe a calf or a couple of lambs in it, if that's the best we can offer the school at that time, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, But we've got a lot of resources in it and there's a lot of information in it and uh, it's I know my, Jennifer and I, my daughter and I, we've been out at a couple of schools. You go out in the morning and it's basically a whole school thing. You get nursery right through to uh, primary seven. Um, and it's just absolutely brilliant, the number of kids that you can see. And that they're, they're, they're seeing and touching animals the same as uh, they would on a farm, obviously not in the same scale. We've been lucky enough to have a farmer to come and speak to them at the time. Um, and what we tend to do is ask the teachers, you know, what subjects they're actually covering at that time. And we try and kind of zone in uh, and try and, you know, work that into some of the subjects that they're actually covering. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's a fantastic resource. And we've, it's been used a lot. As you see, it's been to local shows. It's been to Careers Day at Dumfries House, Food and Farming Day at Dumfries House. Uh, it's been out at quite a number of schools. It's been over Arran for the Lambing Live day. So yes, it's been well travelled. We should really keep a number of the number of miles that it does in a year. But uh, it's just it's great.
0: That is. It'd be fairly interesting to see the mile count. In fairness, you know, mm, was, I <laughs>
1: actually.
0: I'm just trying to think. I mean, I where, where, where was at oh, Dorai Comores air partially There's was one other I did four I think or was it five? New Mills New, New Mills. Mills, it? it's yes that deserves a mention um, and Elaine will go quiet and, and modest here I'm sure but New Mound show if you haven't been to New Mound show which I hadn't until this year they have like a, a an edu- what's it it's got a name Elaine it's not an education an edu-
1: education
0: barn that's the education, education barn, barn. and it's just brilliant I, fantastic it's so good kids get to um to have their sort of arts and crafts at one end fantastic there's information about all the Re- uh, story everything and it's it's excellent and i think a lot of a lot of local shows could take a, a sort of leaf out of well let's be serious Elaine's book and they, <laughs> and have something like that there because it, it really is brilliant um we mentioned uh, I think it was you christine you mentioned lockdown how how did wreck as a whole really but let's focus on Rhett Ayrshire, and Aaron focus and 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 put their sort of work in, in place through COVID.
2: But I think the key thing for us uh, thanks to Zoom, we kept going as a committee. So you know we still met even though it was via Zoom. So we didn't let that drop uh, we didn't let that ball drop which has meant it's been simply slightly easier to you know to come bounce back mm-hmm. post COVID. At the end of the day, the, the charity is all about people. Um, and we talk about the Countryside Classroom and Wheels, which we were able to take out just one or two things in the second, like last year, um, and particularly this year. But the sea cow trailer is an, it's very pretty, and it's colours and we can put calves in it. But it's an inanimate object. It's our volunteers that bring that alive. <laughs> it's the farmers, it's Celine. You know, I can't emphasise that we are a people charity, because without the people, without the volunteers, it's just a trailer. It really is. And you could put a cab in it, but it's just a cab and a trailer. It, it, it's, I'm so passionate about our volunteers who who bring it to life. But what we did do was um, a number of things online, um, including one of our great volunteers, John Howie, and we did um, talk to a farmer session, which was great. So that was replicated across Scotland, where children um, dialed into a, a video call with a local farmer. And it was like an interview style. Elaine will probably expand more, but um, you know, spoke to John uh, about the farm and what he does. So again, you know, we have embraced the digital age, um, but that must always be complementary to um, you know there's a huge. There's a huge portal. If uh, if any teachers or any farmers are anybody watching this, all uh, your huge audience watching your R co- uh, podcast was. Um, if you go into rate. Um, There's a a huge amount of digital resources there for learning. And what I'm really passionate about, amongst other things, is the fact that, you know, farming can teach you everything. You know, I I mean, your life skills, your science, the environment, uh, technology. I mean, technology is a huge thing in farming now. It's, you know, a huge employer in Scotland as well for careers uh, with all the specialists that are around about that, right down to actually, you know, from from field to plate, um, it's, a, it's a massive employment opportunity. I was just out in Isla last week and you see all the distilleries and you know that all comes from growing barley um, food. Uh, so we, we have a great story to tell, but we need people to tell it and we really need more people involved with the charity to keep sharing our story. I went way off subject there, didn't I, Wallace? So...
0: You did, Christine, but it was brilliant. <laughs> 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 Absolutely just put more after. It's all right, Christine. We're used to it. We're used to okay. it. All, all okay. for the better. All for the better. Um well, if you I think you're the only person in here that's sort of a well maybe yourself, Elaine. I will ask the question and I'll be corrected if, if 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 need be, uh, that's sort of done done farm tours on their on their farm. Could you if you were to tell or if you were to say to another farmer um to try and convince them what, what would you say to them to get involved? <laughs>
3: hey, well, I, I, think, I think you just say that, you know, you put, put all your concerns behind you. You have got the professionalism of RET there. You've got very capable people like Elaine and Christine that will come on farm first. They'll see if there are any pitfalls, if there are any dangers, any hazards. That side of it is all taken care of. You're then bringing a group of children onto the farm under the auspices of RET. It's well-organised. It's, it's not just uh, chaotic kids running around the farm. It's well-organized. The, the, the hand-washing facilities are there. All the safety procedures are in place. You have insurance in place. With the very worst it happens, you hope it doesn't. Um, and, you know, go along with it. Enjoy the day. Relish that interaction between your consumers and yourself. Make the most of it. You'll feel a better person at the end of it. Once you've explained to them what you're doing, you come to realize yourself what you're doing. Another thing to bear in mind, and you know, you don't always talk about it in farming, but we are very isolated where we are. We are remote by the very nature of what we're doing. And here's a chance just to meet up with some other people to get there, to alleviate the misunderstandings that are between them and ourselves. Um just just relish that opportunity to see those people as they, those young people, as they awaken to what's around them, what actually happens in farms. They'll think more of you at the end of it. But I'm very certain you'll think more of them, and you'll probably think more of yourself.
0: I think that the the, the sort of, and Christine mentioned it earlier, the coming onto the farm and make sure risk assessments are done and everything's fine is the big worry. You know, yeah. I think 99% of, of folk on farms would be really keen to show what they're doing and... and and get that story out there, but there's that worry. You don't want someone getting hurt. You don't want anything happening. But all of those precautions are are taken and and done in a very professional manner. Um, Christine, you mentioned the 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 bar, the whiskey distilleries on Islay. There, uh, if if you are listening and, and that is of interest to you, we have had the uh, main producer of barley for Bruichladdich whiskey, which is based on Islay, uh, R two cast number. 51, I believe, Andrew and Sophie of Cool Farm Ailey, C O U L L F A R M I S L A Y. if you want to check them out on Instagram, so you can uh, find a bit about that story there if you want. Um, Elaine, uh, you mentioned food and farming days and careers days in uh, Dumfries House, which has been very important to Rett, Ayrshire, and Aaron, I'm sure, sure we all agree. Could you tell us what those days involve?
1: Um. Oh, gosh, there's quite (laughs) a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of spreadsheets, Wallace.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is, there is.
1: For the food and famine days, that involves about 600 primary school children, uh, primary four, five, and uh, there are about 70, I'll say about 75 volunteers involved on the day Uh, to actually put on the the Food and Farming Day for the children. Uh, There are what we would call uh, stations where the children go, and it covers every aspect of farming. There'll be about 24 different uh, stages where they go. There's horseshoeing, there's dairy, beef, sheep, uh, we have QMS, uh, they come and talk to the children. We have a butcher, there's bees, uh, soil, machinery. Uh, uh, just We try and cover as much as we possibly can. You could have less stations, We've, that's something we discussed, but it's to give the children a taster and also the teachers and hopefully i will encourage them to then, you know, take the children on an actual rate visit out onto a farm. Uh, they've been a huge success. We got a lot of positive feedback uh, from them. But uh, Dumfries House is just, you've been there, Wallace. It's a it, it's the best classroom in the world. Um, it's oh, yeah. it's so good it's just amazing. Um, and we're very, very lucky to have such a a, a good partnership with them.
0: I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, the Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. I mean, as as someone who sort of in their day job works in in farm-based education on a campus that has a farm, I, I always thought we don't have this first part. And then when I went to Dumfries House that day, I was like, oh, we do. We do have that first part. Uh, it was brilliant. And, and you're talking about sort of less stations. I think, you know, when you consider attention spans and whatnot, especially at that age, I think it was 16 on the day. And if you do want to go check it out, I've just looked up on YouTube what the name of the video was. Uh, Dumfries House, Food and Farming Day with Rhett. It's on YouTube there. If you want to have a peek at it, uh, what happened. the the video quality is terrible because i was in charge but it does sort of show what's happening but um yeah just excellent and and seeing how excited kids were and such a variation of kids you know uh which which was brilliant And, and i vividly remember one wee boy who had autism and his thing was uh military vehicles and that lad knew everything he was but six and his knowledge base was phenomenal and uh the, the teacher was adamant, you know, he won't focus on anything, won't focus on anything. And, and, and uh, shout out Ariane, uh, who, was, who was doing the sort of the, the chicken demonstration. I went and picked up a wee chick and he cared for that thing more than anything on the planet. It was brilliant. You know, and mm. yeah, you, yeah it's, it's, we're not there for us, but you take these things home and they're very positive and they're very nice. And it's, it's uh, so if, if you do want to get involved from five of us here, uh, I think we'd all, we'd all, say get involved and and this is Ayrshire and Arran, but if you're based in Perth and Kinross, you know, get involved there, get involved wherever you are. The more kids that are, are sort of hearing, hearing the farming story throughout Scotland, the better. Um I think it's it's quite cool that the first two episodes we've done where with or not where have been with RET and Countryside Learning, two two sort of charities aimed at getting that sort of education into schools. So if you want to hear the sort of more stricter secondary school version, jump back to R2Cast70. But um, there's, there's, there's always two questions I end every podcast with, but they don't really fit this type of podcast. So I haven't really got two questions to end the podcast with and in fairness with um this whole group podcast thing i haven't got a name i haven't got final two questions i'm really just not very good at this whole podcasting game but um the thing i quite like asking everyone is if i was to, and i'm going to put this to all four of you i want to hear, hear the answer from from all four of you uh, two quick to two questions if you were to describe and try and sum up right quickly how would you do it and if you were to try and convince someone to get involved, be that as a farm volunteer, uh, committee member, maybe even as a future project coordinator, uh, how, how would you do that? Whoever wants to go first, feel free.
2: <laughs> I'll go first when it's, I've got something in my head, but I would just <laughs> say it's the best thing ever. Um, I'm a great believer in life that you, you, whatever you put in, you'll get back tenfold. Um, and Rhett does that. That's a great bunch of people to work with. And actually, and we spoke about this before, Wallace, in the one podcast that we did together for positivity and for your own mental health, um, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal. As Willie said, there's a great team, the volunteers and the committee. But that whole connection back to children, farmers just don't realise how special they are. And that USP, that unique selling point, I can actually bring people and connect them to the land and to their food. So rather than spending you know, half an hour on, or an hour on social media looking at negative things, take, empower yourself to have a farm visit and see that positivity and tell them the true story about how you look after and care for the land and the animals, and the positivity, I mean, see, if you give whatever you put in, it will get paid back 100% and more. So whether it's a volunteer raising funds, um, supporting our food and farming days, anything, just get involved and you will not regret it.
0: I mean, you can't get much better advice or or statements than it's the best thing ever. I mean, (laughs) what what more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? (laughs) Uh, who wants to go next? I don't want to force anyone in case they're taking a out of think. How well, do, Wallace... <laughs> do you follow that?
1: I don't How do you follow that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, what a trifle.
1: Uh,
3: uh. <laughs> so Wallace, uh, if I could just say, you said it yourself at the beginning. You, you pointed out that the consumers and the farmers have become wide apart. Firstly, they thought the food came from the shops. Now it just arrived at the doorstep. They don't understand that, bit in between. And it's important that they do. But equally, it's important to us that they do and that we understand them. And here is the glue which brings the countryside and the consumers together. And REC does a fantastic job, and we so badly need that. And I I mean, we, the farmers, we so badly need that, as well as the, the... the kids and the consumers of the future. Uh, remember, every one of those kids one day is going to run a household, is going to be the key person that buys the food, and we are doing ourselves a huge favour if we can give them an understanding of what actually happens. Um, it, you know, I think that that really says it all. It's the glue that brings us all together, and we need to be together. And let's face it, as time goes by, everyone everyone can follow back their roots to a or somewhere, but it's becoming further and further removed. And here's a chance for us all just to have an understanding of one another. And with an understanding of one another, all our lifestyles become better. And, you know, Ray is doing a fantastic job to make that happen.
0: Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Who's
1: going to um, jump well, in next? Chris, no, uh, here, here, Chris. here I go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I would uh, like to see is a, a lot of farmers, when I first when a farmer shows interest about taking farm visits, uh, I would go out and visit them and have a wee chat. And when the majority of them will say, I've no idea what I'm going to talk about. And, you know, a f- farmers have a never ending story. And they, they don't realise how important they are. And, you know, to see a farmer's face at the end of a visit when all these children are looking at them as if they're superheroes, it is just... I'm actually getting goosebumps talking about this. Um, And sorry, I'm going to digress here slightly. Uh, I went into a a farm, it was a dairy farm, and it was during the horrendous uh, price carry-on that was going on in the milk industry. And this farmer, he was in his boots, well, literally. He was in his boots and um, he was he was down in the mouth and he says, oh, he says, I just don't know if I can sustain this. And he said, it's just so it's just getting me down. And I thought, oh, bless you. And here you've taken a farm visit. Well, that school bus came up the then all these kids came and he just went into farmer mode. It's the best job in the world. I love being a farmer. And when the children went back in the bus, he put his arm round about me and he said, that's the best medicine that you can have. He said, that's made me realise why I do what I do. And that was one of the highlights of my time with Rate because it just summed it up. Farmers don't realise how great they are. They really don't. And they're very they hide their light under a bushel. Is that the thing I'm trying to say? They're not very good at saying, look at me, I'm a farmer. Look what I do. I grow food. Uh, I rear cattle. I do." They, they, they're not great at doing that. And if I could get that message across. Just uh, during my seven years with Ray, I took on about 25 new farms. There is not one of those farmers has turned around and said, don't ever bring a visit to my farm again. They've all embraced it, and that's what's in, that's what's important.
0: I mean, you said you get goosebumps. No, you didn't. You said you get goosebumps thinking <laughs> about it. And when you said that, there, I, I was the same. That's that's a that's a heartwarming story. Um, mm. Alec, as the the youngest member of the call, uh, but not that it sounds like I'm out and everyone else. Oh, that's a dangerous. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll just uh, <laughs> uh, don't know how to go on for this one. Um no, Alec, as 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 no not say the same thing, Wallace, you'll just get in trouble from Elaine. She's giving you the eye and you're already in bother. Um what what would what would your, your sort of advice to someone and, and we've just taken on uh, a sort of young farming representative here in Ireland, Fraser Graham, um, to try and get more folk you, your age involved, Alec. What would what would you be saying to them?
4: I I would say that, you know. The young people coming into the industry right now, the people who are coming through, young farmers right now, are the people who are going to need to advocate for, for the industry in the next 10 years. Um, so it's really key to to get them involved. But uh, just to, to come back to what Willie said earlier and, and what, what Elaine has just said, I think farming comes under a lot of pressure from a lot of, of different angles. Um, and it can sometimes be quite isolating. And I think... Being part of RIT gives you that opportunity to, to acknowledge your own worth and what you're what you're trying to achieve, and at the same time, you're you're getting the kids on farm. You're getting them engaged with your topic. You're you're demonstrating the the value of what what you're giving to to them and to to the broader society. And 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 like you say, it, it makes you feel good. It gives you a lift as well to to know that what what you're doing is valued. Um, I would say that in a in a broader sense, I mean. Agriculture in Scotland is coming into a, a bit of a transition period and things are going to change in the next couple of years. I mean, we know that provision of public good um, is, is a really big priority for Scottish government. And, and I would argue that engagement with agriculture and, and getting kids out on farms, that, that's one of the greatest public goods that, that we have the opportunity of, of providing. Um, so I, I would just echo everything everybody's already said, like, please do get involved. It is, it's what you make it. Um, and there's there's huge potential. Very good. I think very well summed up by the four of you, in
0: fairness. Brilliant. Um, so if you're out there and you're an Ayrshire farmer or not even Ayrshire, we're focusing on Ayrshire and Ireland today, but on the group podcast, I do intend on trying to get other countryside initiatives on to tell their story, which will be based on the same principle but uh, everyone has different methods in which they do it and it's quite interesting to see that in fairness having just moved down to Dumfries to see the way uh, Dumfries operate Uh, and I've got friends and different CIs across the country just seeing the way that the same story is portrayed and it's it's very inventive to see the different methods out there. Um, I always appreciate feedback we've obviously done quite a few podcasts now we're knocking on 80 almost there technically today is the day that we have done 100 interviews because I did 24 people in farming discussions before I started the podcast so it's quite a big big moment that Um, but this series if you will is new so please give me some feedback let me know uh, message me on Instagram Facebook whatever you can also put little reviews on Spotify, Apple podcasts and whatnot. Um, if you like this sort of dynamic, it's, it's a different one to interview. Um, but it's it's quite fun to sort of hear how different minds can come together for, for a, a, a mutual goal. Um, as I said, we'll be seeing you on Friday uh, for Alstro Media <laughs> So I love that name now, I don't know how to say it. Um, talking about flower growth in the country, and it will be from his greenhouse, so I'm very excited to see that. He'll be sort of guiding us through what's involved, and I will have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but to to Willie, Christine, Alec and Elaine, thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, you so. great fun. Good. <laughs> Thanks That's for the opportunity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not at all, and, and it, it's. I want to try and get as much publicity to to good causes as I can, and I think that's going to be the use of this group side of the podcast. and And rate is certainly right right at the top of the list. And you mentioned fundraising and, and whatnot. Certainly, the, the sponsorship from from this episode will be going to Rhett, Ayrshire and Aaron. So, uh, thank that'll... you. No, not, not at all, not at all. I, I wanted to be more involved <laughs> this year. Obviously, was supposed to be uh, more involved, but I had to had to step down, and, and it wasn't something I, I took. E- wasn't something I took easily. So, uh, yeah, um, that will be my my contribution from from the podcast. Uh, but thank you all very much. It's Been a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's been quite cool to sort of have a, a, a meeting where we're not following an agenda and uh, <laughs> just see what everyone's minds, minds think about British sure and Aaron. But thank you all for coming on. Thank you for listening. And we shall see you on Friday for R2Cast number 77. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2Cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A-Plan Rural. If you follow Aplan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry it's been a pleasure working alongside a plan rural so far and long may it continue the values of a plan rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of rural to kitchen and i'm glad to have them on board check them out on instagram at a plan rural and on facebook at a plan rural insurance see you for the next podcast